Why are you wearing that ridiculous getup? Because everybody else is uh, wearing things and I, I, I was trying to look cool too. So if everybody decided to look crazy, you're going to look crazy like them? Uh, hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your practical priestess of wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah! So yeah, join me on the flip as we really get down into it. And we talk about this whole thing of comparison. And so join me on the flip as we get into Don't Compare, Compile. I'll see you then. If you grew up in a household anything like mine, you had a mother, a father, an aunt, an uncle, a grandmother, somebody, making sure that they help you to stay on the straight and narrow. And it's one thing when you're a little kid, but it's another thing when you get into junior high and then into high school. You see, in your life, all of a sudden, things matter of what other people think about you. And there's a reason for that. Now, y'all know, I am a lifespan development kind of girl around here, and I believe in using that education that I paid a pretty penny for. So I'm just going to say that from my my learning and my observing is that once you move out of the adolescent uh, part of needing to have family and close ties, you start to branch out because this is that time in between childhood and adulthood where you start learning to find your own identity. And the first thing with finding your own identity is to try to identify with as many people as possible. And that is another reason why little kids, both in uh, elementary school all the way up, can be some of the meanest, sadistic little jokers you ever want to meet. And not for nothing, (laughs) I... Uh, still can remember some of the cringeworthy things that happened in all phases of school that made me be as strong as I am today. And, you know, I'm just going to say for all y'all late bloomers out there like me, I'm giving you a shout out right now. You know what I'm talking about. So but getting back into this whole thing about comparison, we really want to take a look at this because comparison is an insidious ninja uh, cancer that is eating away at us. And it's so uh, diabolical that a lot of people don't even realize that they are ingesting a constant diet that tells them to compare, compare, compare. And time after time, we are learning that to compare yourself with others is, um, it's okay, but it's kind of like salt. A little should do you. Yes, a little should do you. All right. So, of course, you know how we do it around here. I'm going to tell you a little bit about some of the insights and then we're going to move into some practicalities and I'm going to let you go on about your business. And I want to shout out to everyone who is um, getting on the bandwagon. Thank you so much for the new listeners. I appreciate you guys. You just don't know. This is something... This is something that is just a blessing. So thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you for supporting. And especially thank you for sharing because I thank you guys. I can see you're sharing uh, the podcast and, you know, drop me a note, send me a comment, check the show notes on how to get in touch with me. And if you want to leave me notes, you can definitely do it that way too. Okay. So now that I've said that to you, darlings, my little lovelies, my precious honey buns, let's get into this thing about comparing. And so I want to just say it to you right now. Uh, Don't compare, compile. All right. So 
one of the issues that I have with getting past the healthy part of comparison into the unhealthy part is that it's a fine line and you kind of don't know when you've hit it until it's almost too late. So let me jump back a little bit and talk just a little bit more about this whole lifespan development thing and, and the line of demarcation that should that hopefully happens in our Western society. All right. So you go through elementary school. That's when you start realizing that you're not like everyone else. And you might have an um, identity that is a little different. You might, might march to your own beat. And elementary school is fine uh, because people are still interested in forming those little minds and, and, and impressing on people the manners that uh, we in society uh, cling to. Oh, but when you get into that transitory phase called those tweens and um, uh, middle school, all bets are off. (laughs) All bets are off. And that's where it can really start um, to happen with the whole identity thing. And it's funny because on the one hand, we want to start figuring out who we are. But on the other hand, we feel like a trapeze act trying to grab that next ring of support so that we can swing safely to the other side. And thus, we want friends, we want to be liked, we don't want to be scrutinized. And it is a horrible thing because on top of all that, you've got showers and showers of hormones hitting you and making your body change and your thinking change. Even your brain is in on it, starting to uh, mesh together and uh, do all of these things that will hopefully allow you to do better processing in the logic area and and all of that. If you don't believe me, Ask any 12 to 25-year-old if they've done something stupid. Ask them, why did you do that? Nine times out of 10, they might honestly tell you, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. All right. So in this uh, time, this is where you're going to have these issues of comparison. And they... I've read a few articles, not studies, because I just, you know, wanted to quickly just check and make sure that I wasn't uh, just being kind of lopsided on this. But there were a few studies cited, but I kind of really want to have a few more, especially peer reviewed before we really stake a claim in the soil that this is what it is. But there are a few studies uh, that suggest that with the advent of technology, uh, that it is causing uh, people to have higher incidences of uh, heart, um, of emotional issues, including depression, anxiety, uh, suicide ideation, and those types of things. And what they're saying is, is the reason why it's quote unquote technology is because technology allows people to have a broader sense as well as a constant stream of interaction with others. So no longer is it uh, funneled through a gossip mill when you know a kid is in school that uh, this person doesn't like you, this person talked about you or whatever. No. School time is no longer prime time for all of the, the, the bad little behaviors that happen uh, in these formative years. No. They now take it offline. I'm not, excuse me, offline. They take it outside and online is what I meant to say. And so you get a constant diet and a barrage of a comparison. Now, if that's not enough, that's, you know, middle school, high school or whatever, then you jump over into uh, past high school 
whether it be college or just young adulthood, 12, uh, excuse me, um, 18, 19 to around 25-ish, okay? And that's where it can really take hold because people are always um, trying to be, now get this, people want to be individualistic because that is touted as being hip, all while being light. And it is, to me, a tightrope made to throw you over. It, it, it's just, it, it, I, I think of it as an oxymoron. How can you be individualistic while still trying to fit in and get followers and leads and those types of things? Now, of course, some of the biggest culprits in technology are trying very hard, they say, to um, do away with all of this by removing the instant gratification bell of uh, likes and, uh, and the like. I mean, not the likes and the like, but, you know, likes and, and that sort of thing. But I don't know if that's necessarily going to uh, be enough because you can't unring a bell that's been rung. And then, of course, you do have um, the inherent need to gauge yourself. So even if you are maybe you maybe you this young person and maybe if you quote unquote march to your own beat you think of yourself as an intellectual uh you have a definite line of demarcation you still you still have this um this internal makeup drive it's in your dna to get a gauge to get feedback on how you're doing and that's when we move over from identity into comparison and thus into adulthood. So whereas in the, see, I told you I was going to get to the point. So whereas in your lifespan development of trying to find your individuality and having all of those roles and trying to get up to adulthood, it's like you only exchange this identity seeking for something more insidious. And that is the comparison. Because now that you're a quote unquote adult and you kind of sort of need to know who you are as a person, you still need some feedback. Am I doing this right? Am I on the right track? Am I going to hit a destination? And thus the comparison starts. Well, what if you say, oh, Michelle, I don't compare myself. Oh, you don't? Well, what about all of the times that you have um, looked to see where you should be um, at a certain point in your life? Or If you have ever been told by someone at my age, I was doing this or I was doing that. You see, we're all in on it, whether we want to be or not, because comparison, when it's used correctly, like a little pinch of salt, is kind of supposed to be a guard stick to help you, a guide stick to help you uh, continue on your path. But when you always have constant feedback, whether you want it or not, by way of um, social media, um, interactions, and list, oh my gosh, list, Whew. that's enough to make anyone have the emotional instability that we're now seeing overcome millions of people, okay? So now that I've said that, thank you for letting me have my little piece on that. Let's start to try to dissect this and break it down a little bit so that we can leave better than we came and that wisdom can have her perfect work on us, okay? All right. So first of all, I'm not going to tell you. I said don't compare, but compile. I'm trying to make my 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 titles a little bit better, y'all. Yeah, I, I, I hear y'all. You're like, look, you got to do better on these titles. So I'm trying. But what I am going to say is it is 
it's very hard to not compare. And the reason why is because you do need some feedback. You guys, I just, I've been meaning to read this book forever. And I finally uh, read it over the weekend. And um, it's a classic. And I read it because it's from my home state. And it's in, uh, takes place in the city where I went to uh, college. And so even though it was written before I was even born, (laughs) I still understood um, the cultural um, little specifics of it. So without f- further ado, I'll just go on and tell you the book that I read was a confederance, a confederacy of dunces and, uh, by tool, uh, Ken tool, I think is his, his name, Ken tool or something like, no, Thomas Lord. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I give the man proper attribution. It's a sad tale about him, but the story itself, oh my God, is freaking funny and it has so much con uh, subcontext and everything and the um, main character um, Ignatius oh my gosh that man right there he is a trip but it goes to show you what can happen when you don't compare yourself against everyone and you think that you're the stuff you can go a little off board so there is a need for comparison I am going to say that all right. But the next thing is when you compare, instead of trying to directly compare your attributes or feelings, because that's what we normally do. Let's just be honest. We normally take our worst traits and compare them to somebody else's best traits. And that's where the problem starts. So instead of doing that, I want you to reimagine, if you will, that instead of comparing yourself with somebody else, compare yourself with the best of what you've done. My mom used to say, run your own race, okay? Keep your, keep your blinders on to only see your own path. And it takes, it takes some time to do that. And I would, I would just be in la-la land if I didn't expect you to steal kind of sort of sometimes by way of through your phone, your social media, checking to see what other people are doing just to make sure that you're on the right track. So let's break this down and get some wisdoms about some of the things you can do to to mitigate this this problem when it comes to comparing yourself. All right. So the first thing is, is instead of looking at people in comparison, what I want you to do is I want you to look at them um, by way of teachers. And just by taking that and changing it to where they are teachers, what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to take away the implication that you should be doing what they're doing. Um, let me let me just these. Uh, and I don't want to call out Forbes for anything bad because I don't think that they're doing anything bad. I just think that they're trying to sell their wares. And when they come up with these lists, like the top 40 this, you know, the top 40 under 40, boy, I tell you, or the top 30 under 30. Now, oof, you want to talk about causing people to have some problems when you see folks on that list and you're like, uh, I'm 29. And I'm nowhere near where where these people are. It can have an impact on you. So instead of looking at it and saying, okay, I need to be where they are. And if not, I suck. No, change it to where you're like, okay, I'm going to let them teach me something. And then that's when you look for the, the elements that they can teach you. And that way you can look head on at what you used to think were deficiencies. And now because they are your teachers, they are opportunities for you to grow. 
Now, I know that sounds like love and light, but you guys, it works. It really does. It takes the sting out of uh looking at your colleagues and your comrades. And that's another thing too. It's all about um, station. And and when I talk about station, I did a podcast on that of um, status and what status meant. It's a platform or whatever. And when you change the dynamics of it and um, look at it in different ways, it helps you. It helps your mind and your emotions and everything to get right so that you can get what you need to out of it and not just feel like... Um, you're missing the mark and that you don't uh, account to anything. Because even if you don't, if, even if you say, oh, I'm okay with that, somewhere in the back of your mind, because of the constant barrages of these lists and these comparisons and all of this stuff done, whether it be online or uh, in, in, in your regular world, you don't realize that you're getting uh, a constant diet of equating what you can't do or you haven't done to what somebody has done. And don't believe the hype. The hype makes it seem like it's easy. It is not. Everything that you see out there, a lot of times is way harder than it seems. And even more of can be gilding the lily a little bit, meaning that they're not telling the whole truth. You know, they might be embellishing a little bit on how great they're doing. All right. So looking at how you reframe what you see online, changing it. And if you don't want to call them your teacher, you know, call them your, 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 um, your, your minute, your minute, uh, I'll just coin it right here. A minute mentor, just for a hot minute, you're going to let them mentor you. Okay. And what that does is instead of making you even colleagues where you are judged on the same, uh, uh, the same elements of what they've accomplished, you change it a little bit. It's not where they're over you and it's not where their status is so much above yours, but it becomes a status of respect so that you can get past uh, beating yourself up for not being on the, being having done the same thing as your quote unquote colleague and comrade has done. But instead, this becomes your minute uh, mentor so that you can say, okay, this person did something exceptional. And I'm going to use what they did of exceptionality to encourage myself, to inspire myself to move forward. You see how that works, beloved? Yeah. Okay. So that's the first thing. And then this is the next thing I want to just say. It seems so common sense. And I have to tell myself this. Stop trying to be the top of anything. If you would listen to people uh, coming through the 90s all the way through the early 2010s, Everything was about the top this, the best that, the number one this. And and you would think that your life was only predicated on how high you got on some list. Well, what goes up must come down. What swings to the right must also go to the left. And what was new is now old and what was old is now new again. It is the cycles of our life. And so I'm just going to give you an insight uh, that now it is not in for everybody to try to be the top of anything. And the reason why it's not in is because everybody can't be the top of anything. And so if you're always trying to be the top of something, you're going to miss the opportunities to be the best you can be at something and live your life where your life matters to you and those around you. 
It's kind of like, uh, I, I, I equate it to eating cotton candy. Now, cotton candy is pure spun sugar. That is the sweetest you're going to get. But why is it that cotton candy is one of the most frustratingly unfulfilling desserts that you will have? It's because just when you think you've got a lot of it in your mouth to savor and to uh, enjoy, it dissipates and disappears and dissolves and melts away. And it's fleeting. It's, it's sugary and it's big when you get it. But take a bite. And it's like, am I chasing the wind? What is going on here? I'm getting pumped. And that's the same thing with chasing these lists. I deal with an industry built on lists, built on, on bestsellers and top this and number one that and top ranking this and that. And I, I'll be the first to say I got caught up in it comparing and running and racing and I never got a chance to... Uh, stop and enjoy. Do you realize that when I would hit the bestseller in my category for my books, I wouldn't get good rest. I would be up in the middle of the night clicking the refresh to make sure I was still on top. And then I would have to uh, spend so much time, so much money, and so much being on hyper alertness. Wink, wink, hyper alertness too long turns into PTSD people. So slow yourself down. Um, trying to maintain that and keep the snipers away. You know, keep the people that were always gunning for my place. And it just was not fun. And then, lo and behold, wisdom came through. And let me just say this now. If you're thinking, oh, she's going to tell us to be less than we can be. No, I am not. What I'm going to tell you is... Your best is your continued sanity, your continued joy, your continued ability to hit peace and all of that. Because hitting um, atop something makes you happy. But having a sustainable, profitable something makes you joyful. And there is a big difference. Now, here comes the, the big one of the big wisdom smacks that I want to make sure that I say about this, okay, leading into this compile. All right. Instead of comparing when you try to hit list, you're happy and happy is a fleeting thing. Happy comes from the root word of hap, where we get perhaps or happenstance, meaning that it is fleeting and temporary. So the very idea of happy is set up to be a temporary thing. Why is it set up to be temporary? Because it is like cotton candy. It is a shot of extreme fleeting nothingness. Yeah. But joy, joy is a sustainable emotion that works very well so that you can use joy as a strength. You can use joy as a stabilizer and you can also use joy as a goal that you go after and can obtain and sustain because joy is predicated on your internal stability. It is not predicated on the whimsy or the capriciousness of uh, trends or external environments or stimuli. And what I mean by that, even if you are familiar with Bible verses, even the Bible says um, that joy that the world does not give it to you and the world cannot take it away. It even says the joy of the Lord is my strength and all of that. But, you know, let's just let's just face it. Too many times people are chasing 
after fleeting things, illusions, phantoms of happiness and top, meaning if I make it to the top, I'll be happy. Only to realize that it is hard standing on the top tier of something for long. Have you ever seen people climb Mount Everest or the Himalayas or any of those and just live up there? Nope. They eventually come back down because it is a moment in time. It is not a stability. It is not a plateau. And so, like I said, this is not to tell you to go for less. This is just to help you understand what you're doing when you try to compare. All right. And the next thing I want to say about that, and this is something that I had to be broadbeat over the head many years before I got it. When you try to be a best this or a first place that and always trying to win, 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 it means that inherently you believe that you are in a box. So much so that a lot of people will say, oh, I think outside the box or I, I'm, I break the box. And what you're really saying is, is I'm in a box. Don't even get in a box because if you, <laughs> there is no read to try to be the top, the first, the front runner or whatever, if you are not confined somewhere, be free and run your own race according to yourself against your previous best. Be inspired by what you have done. And if you're not excited by what you have done, then this is when you start to compile. All right. All right. So in my last few minutes, let me just talk about that. Um, We've talked about the reason why you really don't want to compare. And if you do, do it in a way that's healthful, where you turn them into a minute uh, mentor so that you can get something of inspiration. So when you compile, this is the thing I want you to do. If you find yourself always tending to look at what someone else is doing and feeling bad about what you're not doing, instead of browbeating yourself, I want you to seek out the things that are not highlighted. People are always going to show you their best, but what is blaring is what is not highlighted, what is not shown. Now, this is not to be catty. This is not to gloat. This is not to do anything, but to put a well-roundedness on what is being presented. So if you see someone that always talks about one or two specific areas of their lives, take appreciation to notice that they don't share the other sides. Because you know what? Maybe those are the signs that they covet to, you know, keep private or they're the size that they need to work on. You just never know. But just understand that they are not 100% what they present, okay? You can't. It's just, it's not that they're trying to necessarily hide anything. You just can't do it, all right? And then the next thing is, is once you understand what's missing, you know, invest a little bit about how your side or what you do in those areas um, looks to you. You might be where you're so busy looking at somebody's financial acumen and they never show their family or they never show um, their community. And then you look around and your community they are they they ride or die with you. Uh, they would be even to will. They would even be willing to do a, a godforsaken um, uh, obstacle course for you. And you know they are your stands. Look at that and see that. Okay, I am as rounded, well rounded in an, another area. It might not be that I am uh, always promoting it or putting it out there. 
but I do have something. See, we always try to compare apples and oranges or apples and papayas when that's not even the case. And the next thing is, is that once you start to do this, the story is going to reveal so much more. So there is another another book that I want to bring up really quickly, and it's called Still Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. And it's a short little book because it's a, it's a picture kind of book where he takes sayings based on uh, things that he's picked out of an article or something. And, it, and he talks about the process of how great artists, quote unquote, steal. And what he's just saying is that they they are inspired and, and that inspiration causes their creativity to explode and to go in uh, new and different ways. And that's what I also want you to do. So when you compile what others are doing, not only look for what's missing, but also compile the things about them that spark an inspiration in you. And that inspiration does not mean that you're going to copy what they're doing. It just means that it gets you excited about something that you can do in your life. And because of that, that is going to be the compilation that you occupy yourself with instead of all of the comparisons where you fall short. Because the last time I checked, every time you compare, you always, always in some regards fall short. And it's just the way it is because you're looking for feedback. Very seldom are you able to realistically look at what someone else is doing. And if you are, you're looking down on people and then you're getting into something else that's bad on the other side, you know, because you're not supposed to gloat and look, you know, look down on people. We've talked about schadenfreude on this channel and the everyday sadist. So don't be that way either. Okay. So in my last few minutes that I've got with you, I just want to say this, don't compare, compile. And when I say don't compare, instead of comparing, change it where if you're looking for feedback externally from other people, appreciate the things that they can teach you. Or if you have to change it, make it where they can mentor you in it and then use that. And then the next thing is, is learn to eat the grass on your own side and love it by making sure that you run the race against yourself of what your best previous has been and then best that. The next thing is when you compile, look for what's missing and see how you, um, measure up to that. And then as well, get inspired by them so that you can do the best that you can do. So guess what? Yep, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.